Hello, and welcome to Contact Chai. Today's episode of Shabbat Replay is from our virtual service on August 18th. On the first day of Elul, Rabbi Stephen helped us to spiritually prepare for the high holidays. Are you prepared to get higher? Registration is underway now for both in-person and virtual services. Get your tickets at the link in the show notes. Now, take it away, Rabbi. Shabbat shalom, folks. Thanks for joining today. So nice to see you. So the Torah tells us that after Moses witnessed, I'm going, I'm going way back in the Torah here, so you could bear with me. So the Torah tells us that after Moses witnessed our ancestors worshiping the golden calf at the foot of Mount Sinai, he destroyed the tablets that were intended to be a sign of the covenant between God and the Jewish people. After being made to recognize their error, Moses ascends the mountain a second time, where he'll stay for 40 days and 40 nights, creating a new set of tablets with his own hand. Now, tradition holds that he began his journey this second time around to the peak of Mount Sinai on the first of Elul, today, and that he returned 40 days later on the 10th of Tishrei, that is Yom Kippur. The rabbis teach that these weeks Moses was on Mount Sinai and the people waited at the bottom were used by our ancestors as a period of collective reflection, repair, and realignment. So as I mentioned today, we begin the month of Elul and with it, we enter that same period of reflection, repair, and realignment, a practice that we call teshuva. And I know that some people like to translate this word as repentance, but I feel like this doesn't quite capture the necessary stages of what we're trying to do here. I'll, I'll get back to that in just a little bit. Like it was for our ancestors, teshuva is a collective effort in several ways. First, it's something that we do together as individuals working side by side on our respective mistakes and missteps. It's something that also requires us to be in relationship with one another, both as the one who asks for forgiveness and as the one who gives it. And it's something that prompts us to think about how we have contributed in ways big or small to societal trends of neglect or misuse or mistreatment. And something I imagine is at the forefront of many minds as the effects of climate change become frequent and more severe, as evident in the fires that I spoke about earlier on various other corners of the world as well. This is a lot. It's a lot, and we know that we can't wait until the last few minutes of Yom Kippur to start taking the work of Teshuva seriously. This is why we've been given this period of time to engage in the task of reflecting on our behavior, of repairing what we have broken, and of realigning ourselves with the values we want to live by. Reflection, repair, realignment. But where do we begin when there's so much to do, the individual work, the relational work, the collective work, when there's so much to do, where do we begin? The month of Elul is also a particularly significant time in our calendar at Mishkan because it is when we finish the ritual elements of conversion for exploring Judaism students. Just this morning, we actually welcomed a couple brand new Jews into our community, and I hope you'll come celebrate them and our nearly 40 you heard that right, our nearly 40 conversion candidates next Friday will we'll be showering them with love and blessings and welcome. We use several locations for the ritual immersion that marks the end of the conversion process, including Lake Michigan. And today, this morning, we were at the community mikvah of the conservative movement up in Wilmette, 
which is run by our very own Hannah Zellig, an amazing Mishkanite. And she was helping guide several of our candidates this morning. And after they dunked for the first time and said the blessing for immersion, Baruch HaTadonai, Eloheinu Melech HaLam, Asher Kedeshav Mitzvah Vitzivanu Al HaTavila, blessed is the one who brings holiness into our lives through our actions, asking us to immerse ourselves in the living waters of the mikvah. Hannah noted that this was their very first mitzvah as a Jew, their very first. It's a really profound experience witnessing someone become a Jew. And it struck me in that moment how incredible it was to see someone do their very first ritual act as part of our people, becoming part of this covenantal relationship that began with Moses and the Israelites standing before God, holding those tablets at Mount Sinai. And I thought about how each of these students, every single one of them, in conversations we had throughout the year, had expressed anxiety or fear or concern about knowing enough to be a Jew. It's a feeling I know myself, having gone through that process now 13 years ago. And it's a lot. It's a lot to take on a 5,000-year-old tradition, and with it the accumulated knowledge of our people and the countless and sometimes contradictory ways to do Jewish in the world. Yet here they were. Here they were starting a lifetime of doing mitzvot as a Jew with that first simple sacred act of immersing in the mikvah. So when these conversations happen about, do I know enough? Am I ever going to know enough? Am I ever going to be ready? One of my favorite stories to share with our students, or really actually with anyone who ever feels like they're a little bit lost, or they know less than everybody else, or that they don't know anything at all, is about Akiva ben Yosef, more commonly known as Rabbi Akiva. He was a leading scholar of the first century and a major contributor to the earliest strata of rabbinic texts, the rabbinic texts that shape our tradition today. Yet Rabbi Akiva came from a very humble background. He received no formal education as a child. Some said that he was illiterate and he worked as a shepherd for many, many decades to make ends meet. He was so poor, in fact, that we're told that he slept on the old straw that he had fed his sheep uh, earlier that day that they didn't eat, that that was, that was all he could afford to sleep on. At his wife's encouragement, he began his studies to become a rabbi at age 40, sitting with school children to learn the letters of the alphabet. And I want you to imagine this, this individual, right, 40 years old, has been a shepherd for decades, doesn't know a single letter of the alphabet sitting down next to children right? to recite Aleph, Bet, Vet, Gim. I mean, I don't think they used the Debbie Friedman tune back then, but you know, bear with me, right? Aleph, Bet, Vet, Gim, Dalit, Hey. And what we now know from our vantage point in history is that Rabbi Kiva would become one of the greatest sages of our tradition. So much so that he is called in the Talmud in those rabbinic texts, Rosh L'Hachamim, chief among the wise, the wisest of the wise, the most wise. But here's the thing. Here's the thing about Rabbi Kiva. I imagine he was a lot like these Exploring Judaism students, the ones I had conversations with earlier. Unsure whether he knew enough or was capable enough or was smart enough to become a rabbi. But also, but also like each of the new Jews we are welcoming into our community this year, 
Rabbi Akiva knew that the only way to know anything, to become skilled or more knowledgeable, was to take that first step. So maybe you're feeling stuck. Maybe you're feeling exhausted or overwhelmed or unsure, and that is okay. The point is not to not feel that way. The point is to begin the project of the season step-by-step, knowing that the only way forward is, well, to start heading in that direction, to start going forward. This is why we're given the entire month of Elul and some tools to help us along the way. These 40 days, right, from now to Yom Kippur, that final, final shofar blast that signals the end of this process. So perhaps it's hearing the shofar every day or every few days, a little alarm clock to remind us that the time is now to begin this work. And maybe it's reciting Psalm 27, which we'll sing in just a moment, hearing the melodies of the season at morning minion or at Slichot in a few weeks to begin to stir that feeling within us. It could be attending a spiritual prep course or starting a journal or creating a vision board or taking a long walk with a trusted friend or having a long phone call with a trusted therapist, whatever it is that you need to just begin to take that initial step into the work of the season. That, that, that is what this moment is about. And to know that however you approach the season, know that even if you are nowhere near the end of this journey, even if that final shofar blast of that final moment at the end of Yom Kippur feels so far away, know that you already have what it takes within you to begin it. You already have what it takes within you to take that first step. So one day you'll wake up and you'll have made that journey and you'll look back and say, wow, I didn't know I had it with me, but now I know. Now I know it's there all along. Shabbat Replay is a production of Mishkan Chicago. Our theme music was composed and performed by Kalman Strauss. You can always see where and when our next service will be on our calendar. There's a link in the show notes. And if you appreciated the program, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. I know you've heard it before, but it really does help. On behalf of Team Mishkan, thank you for listening.